We're going to start today's program with a conversation with Francis Simisim uh, from Original Pitch Venture Capital. And Francis is at an airport in the Philippines currently. So we're going to learn about a different part of the world, a different ecosystem from this conversation with Francis. Welcome to the program. Hi, Shermana. Thank you so much for the introductions and uh, apologies for where I am today. <laughs> and I'm sure no the, the background sound is a bit We are very flexible and we love all these <laughs> different configurations. <laughs> People dialing from cars and hotels and, you know, airplanes. It's, it's a dynamic, very, very <laughs> dynamic community. So we are very, very happy to have you, Francis. So uh, yeah, Thank you so much. Tell us about yourself as well as about Original Pitch Venture Capital. Let's get to know one another. Sure. So uh, I guess I started my tech career uh, a decade ago when I, I guess I did my master's and undergraduate in, in the UK. Uh, I studied in Oxford Brookes University. Uh, startups were booming back then in the UK. Came back home. I wanted to do startups, but, you know, nobody knew what startups were and nobody mm -hmm. had websites back then. So I started companies of my own, um, built companies up, uh, recently exited uh, one company, one of the, I guess, the largest digital, uh, I would say, blog magazine online in the Philippines. And mm -hmm. um, from then on, I started to explore towards, um, I guess, media and advertising. And it's kind of where I started to also look at investment. Okay. So your your core expertise is in media and advertising, and and the venture work that you are doing or planning to do would that have um, a bias towards the media and advertising style of uh, investments, uh, or are you going to go broader? It, it's a bit more to do with B two B as well. Um, I'm, I'm very passionate okay. about B two B, how we can help. I guess most of the SMEs, as well as I guess the larger enterprises to. Okay. really utilize marketing. Yeah, so it, it's mostly on those areas that we're focused on, although in our VC firm, we have different partners who bring in a different uh, perspective to the table. Like we had some from FinTech, some from, I guess, the real estate industry. So we come with different expertise. Okay, great. So um, talk about your funds. Um, is this going to be through a fund structure or more of a... Um, an angel group, how are you structuring original pitch? So it's a bit more of a mix between uh, a family office as well as mm -hmm. an angel group because we we are five entrepreneurs who mm -hmm. uh, have, have run, I guess, different businesses before and we wanted mm -hmm. to help our fellow entrepreneurs grow because in the Philippines, the ecosystem is very small and there is right. really little or if not, you know, very small support for tech entrepreneurs specifically, and that's where we want to bring in some expertise and help them out and really get them from where their ideas are all the way up to, I guess, a functioning MVP all the way to a business. Okay. So um, I, I think the you know, ideal starting point for this exploration into the Filipino uh, tech startup ecosystem with you would be to get a sense of the level of activity, like how many tech entrepreneurs are operating in, in the Philippines right now? Right. So actively, I would say it, the number would be somewhere between 200 to 250. Um, we have a okay. very small tech industry. Um, 
but you know we've we've been trying to push as much as we can on a private level. I mean, the, the government mm -hmm. is trying to push for startup bills as well, um, but it's still on the very infancy stage. It's very early yeah. at this point. And what are the trends in those like 200, 250 companies that are operating? What kinds of businesses are you seeing? I take it that given your role as a uh, as a VC in a very <laughs> small ecosystem, you probably know every single one of these companies. That's right. Yeah. So uh, it's a very small ecosystem. We we all know each other, and, and we try to support each other in in whatever way we could. Yeah. Um, the industry initially we started with a lot of copycats. Um, so like you know whatever you guys have in the U.S. in Silicon Valley, we'll have a copy yeah. here. Um, mm -hmm. But it kind of progressed. This is what I like about it. It's it matured a bit. So now, looking at our own local problems and trying to solve that with with technology, and it's it's starting to, I guess, di diversify towards its own direction, where we yeah. start to see more of entrepreneurs focusing on local problems and solving that yeah. with their business. Okay, very interesting. So, uh, what is an example of a local problem that is a non-copycat, as you call it. Uh, you know, we have a, a term for that we use that is a little bit more elegant than copycat. We call it concept arbitrage. And, and frankly, <laughs> I've been very extensively involved in the Indian um, startup ecosystem right from the very beginning. And, uh, and I always encourage the concept arbitrage because it's a very good way for entrepreneurs to learn how to be entrepreneurs, how to build businesses and, and you know, get things going and I think the ecosystems develop well when you have a good critical mass of serial entrepreneurs who are learning and you know whether they're succeeding or failing but they're learning through doing so um, so I think the the copycats or the concept arbitrage businesses have a very important role to play in the development of an ecosystem so I wouldn't dismiss those Sure, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's kind of how we grew up. Um, we learned yeah, that, you know, exactly. by just copying, it doesn't always work. <laughs> and, and that's right, kind of right. how we figured it out. Um, yeah. So just to give you an example, so one of our partners in, in the uh, firm, he started a company called Acudeen. So Acudeen is a receivable uh, financing company. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of issues on the SMEs here that, you know, we have a lot of receivables that were never paid. And that's... That, mm -hmm really um, gives a lot of issues for majority of the SMEs and they had to find a way to get financing and usually they ended up taking loans which uh, comes with the collateral or the personal side and it, mm -hmm. that's kind of like one of the local problems we have. Um, on the other hand, myself, I, I started a company called Socialite. Uh, we did, yeah. uh, so we put up Wi-Fi in low-income areas and these are not common in countries uh, like developed countries where, right. you know, you guys have the best infrastructure uh, down here when yeah. there is a lack of infrastructure. We're trying to solve things that wouldn't normally seem to be a business, but, you know, it's really working out very differently now. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. Um, give us a few more examples of interesting companies that you see in the pool that look really promising that will, you're hoping are going to break out and, in, and turn into larger companies? Sure, so there's quite a few uh, companies to mention. So one of our uh, key portfolio is uh, Serve Happy Jobs. So this has been started by an entrepreneur who owned a restaurant and had always had an issue of where to source 
blue collar jobs uh, and for for their for their uh, restaurants and she started the whole serve happy jobs to find ways to help the restaurant industry to source talent and okay. that, that's been a key issue here um, there's also others like for example there's a company called Kumu it's a it's a live streaming social networking app um, and that's that's also growing and it's blowing up in the Philippines with 1 million users so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of becoming more localized these days it's it's um, it's not like a copy of something abroad um, mm-hmm. some concepts may be copied but not all like the whole concept itself has been copied from different things that solves a very specific local issue okay um, and has any company in the ecosystem broken out a little bit further than others like maybe achieve a five million dollars annual revenue level Right. So um, on that, on the 5 million revenue, there's been a few, I would say, that has achieved that. I think the Philippines, because of our currency, a very few would reach uh, that status very quickly. Um, that said, though, like we have had exits, for example, like recently we had an exit of a company called Coins.ph. It's an e-wallet uh, app, fintech app here, um, and they have mm-hmm. exited through uh, through Gojek uh, from Indonesia for $75 million. So, hmm. you know, we do have some success, um, not as big as the U.S., a, like Unicorn. Can you talk a bit more mm-hmm. about that? What is the business and, and who acquired the company? Uh, what was the rationale for the acquisition? And, you know, how long was the company around before the acquisition? Because I think for nascent ecosystems, exit is a huge issue. Um, so, so if you've starting to get exits is going to make a big difference in the maturity of the ecosystem. Sure. So so I believe, um, you know, Coins.ph is an e-wallet app. Uh, it's really solving the unbanked. Uh, in the Philippines and especially most of the developing countries, the biggest issue is that most of the population have no bank accounts. And right. one of the key solutions they built was an e-wallet app that enabled people to open an account uh, with them easily. Uh, without the mm-hmm. hassle of documentations and all. Um, and these guys have grew to, uh, last I heard was 5 million users um, before okay. they were acquired. So it's one of the big milestones that they've achieved. They were bought by a regional player uh, named Gojek. Uh, so for those that don't know, Gojek used to be a ride-hailing app in Indonesia, but has now expanded to be one of the key uh, tech players in, in the region of Southeast Asia. So these uh-huh. guys are in head-to-head with uh, Grab, and and Grab is like Uber, but you know now they're they're partners now here in Asia. So Gojek is sort of the other guy um, competing against Grab, and these guys have just acquired Coins for seventy-five million dollars. So um, that's a very good segue into a bit of the discussion around what's happening in the region, and and how does Philipp- how does the Filipino ecosystem interface with the rest of the Southeast Asian ecosystem? Where are the partnerships that you're seeing? And this is a very good example of an Indonesian larger player acquiring a company in the Philippines. What else is happening where you have seen interactions, partnerships, um, meaningful uh, leverage? Sure. So um, right now, Philippines is like an island of its own. Um, we we kind of are in a, I, I describe it like a purgatory, 
we are raising money on a very small basis such that their, our regional VCs wouldn't say that it's part of their ticket size. It's always below their ticket size, so we couldn't raise from them. And if yeah. they raise locally, it becomes like a big ticket size and nobody and everyone says it's too expensive. So mm -hmm. it's kind of tough right now where we are and we're still establishing a lot of the regional partners. So we started an event called the Tectonic Summit. Uh, it happens mm -hmm. every year. It's happening this November this year. And our goal is to really bring in regional investors to come over to the Philippines and see where we are. Because most of them have focused on Indonesia and have invested in Indonesia. Uh, but mm -hmm. Philippines is often overlooked because uh, you know we're kind of like an island of our own and it's still very young. So very few investors have come on board here. So that's kind of the problem here. It, it's, uh, it's, it's really tough to raise capital. So uh, Francis, what is the awareness or perspective on bootstrapping in your ecosystem? Because you know, for nascent ecosystem, the best way to develop that ecosystem is through bootstrapped entrepreneurship. Um, and once people can, once entrepreneurs can reach a certain level of validation and, and progress using the bootstrapping principle, then raising money, even if they have to go outside of the Philippines, is going to be a lot easier. Maybe raise money from Singapore, raise money from Indonesia. Um, all that is more viable if there is some level of validation. So how how much understanding is there in the ecosystem about um, bootstrapping. I think bootstrapping is often misunderstood here. Um, most of them that start a tech startup here kind of see it in the Silicon Valley way, where they have to start raising capital, look for investors, and if they don't raise it, they have to shut down. Um, so it's been a big misconception. So where most of these successful tech entrepreneurs are right now is that they understood that they have to bootstrap their way in. Um, and yep. most of them would kind of go for profitability first before they could jump into growth um, later on. Once you know there's enough funding, they can go at it and, and grow 100%, you know, year on year. But right now, most of us are a bit, have been a bit more conservative, growing you know a few percentage here and there. But profitability will be the key thing uh, to reach for them to sustain themselves. Yeah. Well, I think the. The beauty of bootstrapped entrepreneurship is that you have to survive, and the only way you can survive is by being profitable and, and generating, you know, customer money, basically revenues and, and profits. Otherwise, you're going to go out of business. So bootstrapped businesses tend to need to be profitable very quickly. Otherwise, they're not going to survive. And, and that's why exactly. they become successful, because they can survive. If you die, you will never be successful. You have to survive to succeed. Exactly, exactly. I think that's where you uh, you hear the words cockroach startups and, and you know, how we would survive <laughs> these uh, situations because, you know, we had to do whatever we could to survive. Uh, that's the only way. Investors are not, like, there's just a few investors. There's a handful of investors around and mo not most of them will invest. And that's the tough right. part here. And, and most of the ventures are not going to be fundable, so to speak, right? They're, you know... I, that's part of the problem with a lot of these uh, companies who think that entrepreneurship equals financing is that most companies that don't have most companies don't have the skill path to be or the time to be able to be financed. So that's an awareness that is missing from a lot of these ecosystems. 
and, uh, and exactly frankly, right. It's yeah. uh, it's something that's uh, missing in Silicon Valley as well. Uh, often, uh, although Silicon Valley is getting a lot more sophisticated in understanding <laughs> that uh, the bootstrap validation phase is a requirement, not an optional, you know, luxury. Uh, so uh, yes, uh, interesting, very interesting. So. Uh, Anything else that you want to share about the Filipino ecosystem and your work in uh, developing it, how you're going about it, before we jump into the entrepreneurship, entrepreneur pitch sessions? Sure. I think um, for us right now, especially with the tech um, ecosystem here in the Philippines, what we want to do is really to push in more investors on board. Um, what we found was there's a lot of seed companies who've now really pushed hard and you know they're, they're approaching series a and a lot of them are raising capital and it's really tough because they have to fly over to regional cities and countries where you know we are unknown and it's tough because investors don't know and investors don't care about the market everyone talks about the philippines but not everyone commits to the philippines so i, I think you know soon enough once we get that um, support i think we could really grow the ecosystem but right now kind of what we have to work on. So that's why we're doing whatever we can. Um, you know, everyone here does their part. To get awareness. And hopefully soon. Exactly. We all do our events. We all do our different, uh, I guess, ways of, of helping. And uh, we're doing whatever we can. All right. Very good. Well, we wish okay. you all the best. And, and uh, if you, you know, look at uh, what we are doing and if there are ways that you would like to collaborate with us, we have lots of different collaborations. You're most welcome to take advantage of the One Million by One Million platform to, uh, to help grow the Filipino ecosystem as well. Sure, yeah, we'd definitely be interested in that.